Your life's not like anyone else's. And chances are you found yourself on adventures you never planned to take. It's all part of this crazy journey we call life. Learning how to embrace the unexpected while working to live your best life is not easy. But you've come to the right place. Because in my world, if it's highly unlikely, it's practically guaranteed to happen. I'm Lavina Perry, and this is the Highly Unlikely Podcast. Welcome to the Highly Unlikely Podcast. I'm so glad you joined me today. Juggling work and family and all of the other things that I have going on in my life can sometimes just feel very overwhelming. One way I have worked to manage everything is by simplifying my life and reducing the number of things I have to juggle. During the pandemic, we all had an opportunity to learn what it was like to have an opportunity to step back from the busyness of life. And some of us rediscovered how nice it can be to live a more simplified life without so many constraints on our time. But I think that for many of us, myself included, we just picked up extra projects and came up with new ways to spend our time since we weren't busy doing all of the things that we normally had to do. We didn't have to go out and run the kids to activities and we weren't doing carpooling and a lot of the errands that we that we used to spend time on like going to the grocery store and running to the pharmacy and like a lot of the things that we were used to spending our time on were no longer an issue which created a whole new set of challenges. According to data that has been collected over the last several months, more people than ever have decided to continue working from home. During the pandemic, that meant that a lot of us were homeschooling our kids and working from home at the same time, which means that they took on the job of being a teacher along with trying to work full-time. It's a lot to juggle. I mean, some jobs are more demanding than others, and some bosses are more demanding than others. Zoom meetings, conference calls, trying to focus on work while the kids are asking for help with math, and still having to do all of the same household chores. Plus, the house is messier, and there's more dishes and more things to clean up because there's people in the house all day long where they used to be gone all day. It's just a lot to deal with. And now with the summer months, the kids are not doing school anymore, which means now you're having to come up with activities and things that you can do to occupy them during the day so that you can continue to work if you've decided to stay home. So if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and just in need of some sort of strategies to deal with this newfound set of challenges... It may be time for you to take some steps to simplify your life. So I want to share some strategies with you that I have used to simplify my life. These strategies work for me and for my family. They may not be the right fit for your lifestyle or for your family, but they are suggestions of things that have worked for me and that have worked for other people that you can consider to see if they're the right fit for you. First thing I want to talk about, tip number one, meals. Several years ago, I used to cook dinner every single night for my family. 
home-cooked meals, nutritious food, all the best ingredients, and lots and lots of time. And literally, no one appreciated it. Every night at dinner, there was at least one, if not more, children upset with the choice that I had made for dinner that night. When you live with several strong personalities and varying opinions, it's just impossible to make everyone happy. So I stopped trying. All of my children were old enough to use a microwave and I had taught all three of them how to cook. So I had decided to give everyone a night to be in charge of dinner. So we assigned meal nights and on their night, they got to choose what they made for dinner. And if they had a special request of something that they knew they wanted to make that week, they could give me their list before I did the grocery shopping. Otherwise, they could cook from the ingredients that we had available in the house and everyone got a turn to be responsible for dinner. Now, is this a popular approach on the mommy boards? No, but I will tell you this. When I make dinner now, I make something that I want to eat and everyone appreciates it. What I discovered is that I was making decisions for my family in my home based on what I perceived other people expected me to do. I felt that there was an expectation that had been placed on me, whether by the world or society or family members or my spouse or other mommies. I don't know. All I know is that at my house, dinner time was a nightmare every single night and something needed to change. Someone was always miserable. There was always one or more children fighting. Nobody appreciated the dinner. They all were just acting really entitled, like they had a right to have food that they wanted that was cooked special for them every single night, all three of them, but no more. There is no more fighting. There are no more entitled children sitting at the table, arguing with each other, being miserable about the meal that I cooked for them. In truth, we eat takeout at least once a week, sometimes twice. And if somebody has something that they want for dinner, then they cook it. And if I have something that I want for dinner, I cook it. We make enough to share with each other. But there is no expectation that one person be in charge of dinner every night. And if nobody feels like cooking and nobody feels like takeout, everybody just makes food for themselves. We can still eat together. We can still hang out. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't because the people in my house at the, in the evening time, they're just ready for a little quiet time and a little bit of space to recharge their batteries from being busy all day long. So for my family, it worked. Sometimes we have dinner together. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we cook food for the whole group. Sometimes everybody fends for themselves. But the point is that we found a system that works for us, a system where everybody is happier. Everybody has some control over what they're eating for dinner. Nobody gets their feelings hurt. Nobody gets offended if somebody doesn't eat their the dinner that they made because they understand that if somebody else makes something that they don't want, there's no pressure that they have to eat it either. So all of the strong personalities and all of the big opinions get to have a dinner that they want to eat that night and it makes for a much more peaceful and much more relaxed environment in the evening that just simply works better for our family. 
Once I freed myself from those expectations that I was feeling, I was able to tailor a lifestyle for feeding my family that was more appropriate and fit our lifestyle much better. I actually started making decisions based on what was best for my family rather than what the world was telling me I needed to do for them. Even if this specific approach doesn't work for your family, I encourage you to take some time to consider what changes you can make to dinner time and meal time throughout the day for your family that will be a better fit to the personalities that live inside of your home and your lifestyle, your availability of time, and your circumstances to find a situation that works better for you and will better meet the needs of the members of your family that live in your home. Strategy number two, parenting. I have one teenager living at home, but I have raised two other teenagers and I have lived with teenagers for a very long time. Nine years, nine long years. And I used to have lots of rules and miserable teenagers, but I recognize that this approach that was heavily laden with rules was having a really devastating effect on my teenagers, on my relationship with my kids, and just our, our overall family life. So I adopted a different perspective and I simplified. I have very independent children and I'm a very independent person. And when I was growing up, I lived in a household that had lots of rules and very little room for me to explore my own identity and really figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And I spent a lot of time just dreaming of a day that I would be able to grow up and move away and go out and have a life on my own away from my family. And I realized that I was doing that same thing to my kids and it just made me feel so sad because that's not the relationship that I imagined with them when I dreamed of having a family when I grew up. So I made a change. I created a space inside the walls of our home where they could explore their identity and develop into the people that they wanted to be and explore the things that they want to explore and learn the things that they want to learn and just have some room to just find out who they are and who they actually want to be when they grow up. But that required me to take a step back and allow them to direct their own lives. And what that looks like in practice is, for example, with my 16-year-old who is my youngest child and she's the only one left at home, I do not insert myself into the decisions that she makes on a daily basis unless it is a matter of safety or if she is engaging in behaviors that will have devastating long-term effects. She makes her own decisions regarding her hair and her clothing and her makeup. She directs her own schedule. She gets up when she needs to get up and she goes to bed when she's ready to go to bed at night. She makes her own schedule and she does not have a curfew. When she's going to go out somewhere, I ask her what time she's going to be home, and then I hold her to that. And if that changes, I expect her to communicate with me and let me know when she's going to be home. And then at that point, I have the discretion to 
say, okay, I'll see you when you get home. Or if it's an inappropriate time that's outside of the boundaries of what I feel will be safe for a 16-year-old girl to be out, depending on what she's doing, I can say, no, you need to be home at another time, at an earlier time. She's also responsible for completing all of her schoolwork, cleaning her own bathroom, cleaning her own bedroom, helping with dishes, taking care of the dog, and cleaning up all of her own messes around the house. Communication and responsibility are the only two hard and fast rules. She's responsible for communicating with me about what she has planned, where she wants to go, who she wants to go with, and what they're going to be doing. And as long as she's continuing to be responsible and communicate with me, I give her the freedom to direct her own life. And she knows that being irresponsible or failing to communicate with me is a one-way ticket to having me smack dab in the middle of her business, making her very uncomfortable, which is exactly where she doesn't want me to be. So up to this point, she's been really, really good about um, communicating and being responsible and doing the things that are expected of her so that she can continue to have the sort of freedom that she really enjoys having. This simple approach works really well with her, but it would not have worked at all with my oldest child, and it only worked moderately well with my second child. So the rule of thumb is that you have to find a parenting style that works for each individual child, and no, they don't like it, and yes, they'll always complain that somebody else got better treatment or things were easier for them. And those are conversations that you need to have with them and let them know that freedom is given when they've demonstrated that they are willing and able to be responsible and communicate at the level that you expect so that they can have the freedom that they want. I do get some pushback from my older children uh, when they see that my youngest daughter gets to have things and do things that they didn't get to do. But the fact of the matter is that this parenting style works really well with her. And so I get to use it, which is the parenting style I would have loved to use with both of them um, had they given me the option of parenting them that way and not to have such a hands-on approach. Obviously, things could have been different had I figured things out a little sooner, but when you know better, you do better. And so once I discovered a different type of parenting for teenagers and I started implementing that, I was able to see really clearly to what level that I could use more of a standoff approach with teenagers to let them have a little bit more space. And with some of them, it works really, really well. And with some of them, it doesn't work as well, or unfortunately with some children, it just doesn't work at all. And you have to have a more hands-on approach and be more in their business. So you just have to gauge based on your child's personality and what works for your family and to not let the other parents convince you that it's the wrong way to parent because there is no wrong way. There's only the way that works for your family. Because giving your kids more freedom and more space to make decisions also gives them more opportunities to make mistakes. And I used to try to protect them from everything, which didn't teach them anything. They have learned far more from having the freedom to make some of those 
bad decisions and make some of those mistakes than they ever learned from me trying to control everything and protect them from the consequences of the decisions that they made. I would rather that they learn to be independent and make decisions and make some mistakes while still living in the safety of our home than to grow up and go out on their own and have to have all of those experiences and make those mistakes for the very first time. To me, that's a recipe for disaster. So you have to decide what's your goal. For me, my goal is to have three financially and physically independent children who have a great relationship with their mother. Achieving that goal required me to make course corrections more than once, but since I decided to simplify my parenting and take a new approach, my relationship with my kids has been better than ever. So my advice to you is to find what feels right for you, um, what gives you the peace and the simplicity that you're looking for, and really just what works for your family, and then go for it. Strategy number three, the house. This is always a big one, and I know that we have talked about it before. I gave myself a housekeeper a couple of years ago, and it has greatly simplified my life. And along with this, I decided to relax my approach to the house. And all of my kids know that as long as they keep things fairly tidy, at least not gross, that I won't lose my mind and we can all go about our lives in peace. Before I decided to relax my stance on the house and before I got a housekeeper to help me um, be able to relax my stance on the house, I was making my children absolutely miserable. I would walk around the house and I would just shout at everyone to pick this up and do that and clean this and take the trash out. And what I found is that the more I yelled, the less willing they were to help out and to comply and to participate in keeping our house clean. I mean, they wouldn't even put trash in the trash can half the time. The angrier I got, the messier my house got. So I stopped. I came up with a new approach and a new plan. Most importantly, I let go of my need to control everything because I was making everyone miserable, including myself. If you have it in your budget, even for a once a month cleaning, it's a total game changer. If not, then cleaning in time blocks or focusing on one area at a time can really simplify your cleaning and keep you from feeling overwhelmed. You can also go back and listen to the episode of my podcast all about getting your external space organized and I will post the link in the description. But first you need to work on your perspective. You need to decide what's your goal. Is your goal to have a perfect magazine worthy house or is your goal to have a peaceful home? Because reality is, if your home is full of people who all spend 24 hours a day inside the same four walls, it's that you most likely can't have both. What you can do is train the people inside of your home to be responsible for certain chores and for helping out with certain things because you have one secret weapon that they don't have, the Wi-Fi password. 
Nothing gets people's attention like the Wi-Fi going out. No Wi-Fi until all of the chores are done is powerful currency and you should use it. Then once they have complied, leave them alone. Don't expect perfection. Don't nitpick their work. Just train them to get their work done quickly so that you can get out of their hair and they can get their freedom back. This strategy can buy you peace, but it can also make it so that you are no longer stuck being a maid for everybody that lives inside your house. And coupled with a new perspective that focuses on peace and simplification, um, it just gives you the things that, that are really important. I mean, a passable house, content kids, a simplified cleaning schedule, and a simplified approach that doesn't steal the peace from your home. And strategy number four is all about your time. Time is our most precious commodity. So why do we waste it on things that we really don't care about? There is a difference between the things we have to do and the things that we feel like we have to do. And it is time to figure out what's the difference. If you're saying yes to things because you're worried that saying no will make somebody else feel bad, you need to check yourself. I listened to a TED Talk recently by an author that had a really interesting perspective, but a very naughty mouth. And she assigned some very colorful words to a very simple concept that I'm going to share with you. Stop spending time and money on things you don't care about. The real reason that we feel guilty about saying no to the things that other people want us to do is because we care more about what other people think of us than we care about what we think of ourselves. You're afraid that someone will be offended if you don't show up. But here's the thing. If you tell them beforehand that you're not planning to be there, then there's nothing to feel guilty about. But if you cancel at the last second because you just can't bring yourself to go, but you didn't communicate with them beforehand that you weren't going to be there, then you have something to feel bad about. You don't have to feel bad about telling someone beforehand that you won't be there. The baby shower you didn't want to attend, the co-worker's going away party when you didn't even like the co-worker, your friend's birthday parties for their kids. You don't have to spend time and money on any of that. You just tell them, I won't be able to attend, but thank you for the invitation. And then you move on. You don't need to explain. You don't need to apologize. You just need to say no so that you can reserve your time and your money for the things that are really important to you. This one strategy can be so powerful to simplify your life and reduce the strains on your time. So I encourage you to find some things that you can say no to to simplify your life and reduce the number of things that you're obligated to do outside of the priorities that you have set for yourself and for your family. And I will have links to some resources regarding the strategies that we talked about today. So I encourage you to do some research and just find some things that will work for you, for your lifestyle, for your particular family, and for your needs. 
and find some ways that you can simplify your own life so that you can have more peace and more energy and more time for the things that are really important. If the information in today's episode was helpful to you, please like and share on social media and drop me some comments about which strategy you found most helpful. That's all I have for you today. So until next time, take care of yourself, be kind, and live your best life. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Highly Unlikely Podcast, you can find more by following me on Facebook at A Highly Unlikely Life or find me on the web at ahighlyunlikelylife.com. And don't forget to subscribe.